Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Debrief. This is our episode debrief after the episode with Lance Spencer. Vance Spencer. I was wondering if you called him Lance in the intro. I was like, wait, was that internet distortion or did he actually call him Lance? I don't think I did. (laughs) Do you know something? You know something with um, Vance's name? I get him. I don't know. My brain mixes up his name and Spencer Noon's name. Mm, Does that ever happen mm -hmm. to you? Uh, Not with with that pair, but yes, people people like that yeah it happens Uh to you more abstractly uh anyway Mm -hmm. totally different investors (laughs) i mean both incredible people incredibly talented um and uh the 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 best episodes like the best time to talk to vance are during the bear markets i think because Mm -hmm. i mean he said it himself he's so clear-headed all of the noise has dissipated and i feel like he knows exactly what he wants to do with his balance sheet and with his capital and with his time right now and uh, where a lot of other people are kind of scrambling, like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, you know, should I should I leave crypto for good? Should I, you know, he knows right. exactly. He has a lot of intent with where he's going to deploy. And that even among VCs is uh, somewhat rare during the bear market. So that's, that's why I love talking to him. Yeah, he said, what was that line he said about how he had trouble thinking during the bull market, like his brain was cloudy during the bull market, yet during the bear market, implying that during the bear market, he has lots lots of clarity and thought. And when he said that, I was like, oh yes, like that's exactly how I feel. Like (sighs) during the bull market, nothing makes any sense. And in hindsight, it's because during the bull market, you can fund projects and things are working that shouldn't otherwise be working. Like Terra, for example, like breaking my brain about like how an economic system can be sustainably designed. And then they're like our NFT projects that are receiving like thousands of ETH inside of just like one minute. And I'm like, why? Why? I don't get this. I get this. And the answer is because it only works in bull markets. Do you remember NEO, the Ethereum of China? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember class of 2017's exact right. same thing that happened? What are some right. of these um, projects? Um, was it Ray? What was that one? Raybox? Nano? Ray, Rayblox, Nano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zero fee, instant transactions. Yeah. So actually, that was like my one big win during 2017, is <laughs> riding Rayblox before it oh, turned into Nano. Oh, you sold the top, though, because you didn't uh, win if not, you held. Not, not the perfect top, but I did sell. Yeah. I, I wrote it is... from like 50 cents to like $22, and like, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm a genius. Yeah. I should open a fund. <laughs> You should pay me for my skills. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, 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 I think that's right. I think all of the noise dissipates, and you can really focus on uh, like what's going to happen next. And he had a very clear sense of what's going to happen next. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you want to walk through this, but like maybe I want to start with. Uh, it seems like he. Okay, so in 2019, Vance was more right than I was about things. Um, and like he didn't have the ETH thesis, the ETH is money right. thesis, which I think I got right, we got right collectively. Mm-hmm. But I was still more in the camp of like, uh, tokens. Uh, not tokens. That they, not that they're never going to come back because I knew they'd come back, right? It was more like, wow, this is going to take a long time. And I didn't see the potential in the links of the world mm-hmm. or even in teams that were executing, but executing very quietly, like, lend at the time which became ave later and he had this token bull thesis that was incredibly contrarian like no one was doing this in 2018 and 2019 and he was he was completely right about that and he got that right right Uh, and it was half of the market that i sort of missed and i didn't feel like i picked up until early 2020 which is like oh DeFi tokens are going to be a thing tokens are back baby 
and uh, mm -hmm. they matter this time. Uh, so that's why I was very curious to hear what he made of this current market and the sentiment. Mm -hmm. And it seems like GameFi is one of his big predictions coming out of it. Along with, though, I feel like, David, maybe you and I had some part, some small part in influencing him about the ETH is money case mm -hmm. because he also converted on that. So as much as he convinced us of tokens, we probably convinced him of the Ethereum bull case. That's something I definitely appreciate about Vance is that like we were, we've were we been hammering on the ETH is money case for a long time. And Vance slowly but inevitably did arrive at that same conclusion, but it was his conclusion, right? He yeah. didn't He didn't just adopt it just because like Ryan and David said it. Uh, he adopted it because like the numbers checked out and like he actually went with a clear he head and he did the math, like he crunched the numbers, <laughs> like, yes, okay, ETH is actually a money, like, look at that. <laughs> um, uh, and so like, that's why always why, like he's always think like Vance has this great, like soberness and thought and like rationality, uh, which always may, turns him into signal, right? Uh, and so like, yeah, his his GameFi thesis as the thing that is like the contrarian bet going into the, the bear market. Um, in, in 2017, 18, there was really only like one class of thing that happened and then died, which was tokens, right? Uh, tokens were like the one thing of the 2017 like mania. Like there were kind of some alternative layer ones, but it really wasn't in the same way that it was this this cycle. But this cycle, there are so many more things that could be the thing that makes it through the bear market in the same way that tokens were the thing that made it through the last bear market. Like there's alt layer ones this time. Uh, there's GameFi, there's NFTs. And like, not to say that only one of these things can make its way through the bear market, but it's a more diverse set of choices of, of bets that you have to place. And Vance seems to have placed his bet on GameFi uh, out of all of those things. Well, it's the uh, thing to make it through the bear market. Let me ask you this. Um, it's not, it's not, quite as, or maybe I'll, I'll state it more strongly, Isn't that's still not nearly as co contrarian as his um, DeFi token prediction in Correct. 2019. Yes, I would, right? I would because agree with like, that, yeah. While we're still seeing funds raising hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. for GameFi specifically, and big deals getting done in GameFi, and like only a few short months ago, David, where like, did we have some shows on, on, on GameFi? And GameFi, it seemed like it was just very frothy, right? And some other VC said it was, but like we we are we are still seeing a lot of fund inflow in the space. And Vance, I mean, they just let a four hundred million dollar fund. You wouldn't be able to mm -hmm. raise that during right. a true GameFi bear market. So it's, I guess, maybe an order of magnitude less contrarian, even though it's still right. in the wake of Axie falling, still kind of contrarian. So I'm I would still say like. Everything about crypto is an order of magnitude less contrarian than it was yes, last cycle, though. Very true. That is a very fair point that I acknowledge. But, but I also wonder if the way Vance is going after GameFi is kind of the contrarian piece. Ah, I do and agree I, with that. I, and I wasn't Not necessarily sure if, contrarian, but it is the unique and different thing that he specifically is and doing. And how would you describe that? Because I, I want to kind of go listen to that section again. It's sure. like, what is his unique take on GameFi, their funds take mm -hmm. on it, and what's kind of his contrarian bet in this space? It seemed like a lot, a lot of getting traditional right. gaming companies over, like indie mm -hmm. studios almost, and kind of converting right. indie studios into into being crypto native indie studios. Right. Is that the play? 
I think so. Yeah. So they, they are the current gaming studios of the crypto space, like Alluvium, Axie, Gauze Unchained, Out of Immutable. Uh, but those were games spun up by crypto native companies to be crypto native games. Right. What Vance Spencer seems to be doing is reaching out to like the indie, the dying indie uh, sector of, of gaming. Crypto pilling them. And crypto pilling them saying like, hey, guys, you, you, do you notice how like you either have to like sell out or close up shop? Well, crypto mm. offers you a path to not sell out and not close up shop. Uh, and so like he's crypto pilling like the indie, the long tail of gaming studios. And crypto always gets onboarded by eating up the long tail first. Like we're not like EA and Activision Blizzard. They're not just going to like, oh, we do NFTs now. Like that's not going to happen. But in and even if gaming, they did, they'd suck at it, I think. They, yeah, they'd F it up. Yeah. And their and their consumer base wouldn't like it anyways. But like uh, an indie gaming studio with like a cult following would probably be much more uh, ad admissible to do a token with or an NFT with. Uh, and so that that seems to make the most sense. And also it's where the, all the experimentation happens, right? Like Vance is always on the frontier. He was on the frontier with tokens. And so he has to go to the frontier indie developers who are willing to experiment and iterate and like keep uh, and also simultaneously keep true to the ethos of both the game and also crypto at the same time i actually really like that play i think it's a mm -hmm. really smart play i think it'll mm -hmm. take some time to yield fruit um i also think it's different than DeFi because the nice thing about the DeFi tokens that were public is that uh anybody could go buy these DeFi tokens the right. opportunity was available for anyone where this, this is like private investing kind of behind the scenes right. have to be an credit sure. investor know about this deal flow but I'm wondering if some of these games get published still in the bear market with tokens mm -hmm. where there can be some public, still some public upside on them. If, mm. if, if GameFi is still super cool, right. you know, six to 12 months from now, and yet some tokens have emerged in these early economies and ecosystems, maybe right. there's some opportunity there. Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense where like Ax Axie, you got a upside to Axie, not by investing in it, but playing the game. Uh, and so, like, there is um, probably some games that Framework is going to invest in that's going to become crypto pilled, and they're going to. You should start playing uh, them. You should start playing them as soon as like that surface area is open. Like, and that's like that's, that's probably like a perfect bear market thing to do, where like no one Go wants play to some like games. Is that our no instructions one, for the bear market? Yeah, right. Well, like no one like no one wants to like go risk and uh, go out on the risk curve anymore. Everyone's fleeing to safety. They're fleeing to ether, Bitcoin or stables. Uh, and so like no one's like no one's going to have the appetite to go and invest in like these these like young gaming startups, but they could just play them like like and stop looking at CoinGecko, just play the game. They might not be able to if it's all kind of pre-token or something like that. Totally. So maybe the only thing you can do, in the same way, the only thing you could do at first with layer twos is because, like right. you know, the Optimism Arbitrums of the world, they were all A16Z funded, you know, right. behind the scenes. So the regular uh, retail investor could not get exposure to these things, except that they could go freaking use Optimism. And if they did it, they just got a big fat airdrop last mm -hmm. week. So that might be the way to actually gain exposure right. to these uh, these communities is go use go play the games, go get some items, go start being mm -hmm. active in the community, go add value to the networks of the games you believe in. And that is investing. It's just sweat investing. Right. Sweat, sweat investing. You just make that right? up? <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone talks about sweat equity, right? But like, oh, I guess- Sweat equity, yeah. Sweat, sweat investing is like, um, it's, it's funny to think of like playing a game could be investing. What right. kind of magic is this? Right, but that's what crypto does, right? Like all of a sudden, every <laughs> everything brings like financial upside to it. 
So like yeah. probably the true alpha is like go go find out which games framework has invested in and like wait for them, them to like release something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they do, go play them. Yeah. Because you know yeah. tokens coming and it's gonna have probably. the same mechanics as like airdrop and yeah items. I mean you else. just grow your footprint. Gotta grow the fo- footprint. Mm-hmm. Establish yourself. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't have time for it though, David. To be honest, I, <laughs> there's only a certain amount of hours a day, and I can't be playing. Like, should we sponsor some Zoomer to go play games for us? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was thinking when we were talking about the GameFi section, like I can't wait for the next uh, bankless guest to be like, you know, 12 year old kids who've mm-hmm. just made millions of dollars in this right, like newly resurrected GameFi economy on the other side. Because you know, the am Zoomers I am I a boomer for it. thinking for my mind immediately going to like 12 year old kids with millions of dollars and also a million dollar tax bill for mom and dad? <laughs> I love that you've been so like every time look guys this is for the debrief every time some sort of airdrop comes our way or something David's like oh god another tax liability I'm like now you see it man but yeah um I I, I thought I was supposed to be the grandpa boomer tax guy well now it's just funny it's like well yeah. it, like especially during the bear market like hey is there a way to like kill this party it's like oh all of this upside I'm like yeah sweet like Taxes. paperwork well like it's paperwork but it also forces you to make the decision like um yeah do to be I more high this? conviction about it yeah or mm. do I sell it because if I hold it there's going to be a tax cost to right. selling it because I'm realizing right. it's income. Ugh. Right. Right. Yeah. Kids. Sick. Kids are. Oh, man, there's gonna be a whole industry on like doing tax. Doing maybe that's how like crypto crypto tax uh, tax uh, code actually gets changed is because like finally like these twelve year olds are getting sued by the IRS and oh no we one can't wants throw to, like, all of our like our yeah, under eighteen kids in jail. We can't just... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, little Joey, you didn't file on time. You didn't yeah, claim you're the... suspended from school. Go, gotta go pay your taxes. Yeah, you picked up that loot from that boss drop um uh-huh. we didn't see any taxes <laughs> grounded <laughs> it's gonna cost you anyway all right that's game five what do you think about his uh his uh DeFi take yeah yeah so uh well actually i want to skip to the like the alt layer one or alt layer two uh phenomenon right, and I, I, i'm glad that he sees exactly what i see which is like you have like the uh what do you want to call it like the 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 on-brand layer twos, like Optimism, Arbitrum, and then you have like the off-brand layer twos, uh, and like there's about to be so many more off-brand layer twos, uh, and it's actually getting get like really annoying. Like there are some layer two, like off-brand layer twos out there. Then I, I like I read some of their announcement posts because they're like their Twitter armies keep on tagging me in it, and like it's one of those th- things where I, I read like this announcement that they have, and I'm like I read through it, and it feels like me like reading through a white paper back in 2017, where I'm like, is this gibberish or am I ADIQ? The difference between me in 2017 versus me in 2022 is like I'm a lot smarter now, and I also can get second opinions, and so there are some gibberish layer two like updates going on from the alt like layer two landscape, and like I'm I'm not looking forward to like invading my mind space we ain't seen nothing yet man wait until the three arrows capital of the world get behind one of these and start pumping it wait until a crypto like a big crypto bank or a crypto vc Mm -hmm. or some influencer starts to get on these alternative layer twos Mm -hmm. then we're really gonna see it there's going to be frog armies in our future that you and i are like resisting a victim of yeah a victim probably (laughs) 
we'll cross <laughs> paths with some of them in the future cross swords with more frogs you know it'll happen uh yeah i totally agree but but this you know what i'm gonna be honest as long as there's some level of legitimacy to the layer two in that it pays some taxes to ethereum i'm way right. less annoyed yeah, I like, that's true. This is true. You can't you can't actually argue with the L one transactions, now can you? No, I can't. I mean, I so I'm way less annoyed. But yeah, uh, Vance clearly sees that too, and you know it'll be something mm-hmm. to uh, steer clear of. But the prize is just too large on the other side of this for right. layer twos not to spin up like this. I, I think the case for them being closer in time horizon than further is like pretty like you know that like now that optimism has launched their token and is trading at a six billion dollar valuation like arbitrum like they're definitely doing a token and so like they're probably doing a token this year maybe and I so like how could you not be how could you not like do that within six six months right at least yeah. like it has to be less than six months doesn't it yeah yeah totally especially when you see like now optimism has all this ammo to like they have like velodrome that came as an application and they that velodrome application is getting like an allocation of optimism tokens as reward slash incentive to to be being built and so like optimism has this tool in the tool belt that arbitrum doesn't have right now uh and so arbitrum is going to have to as a as an answer to uh, release a token in the same way uniswap released a token and post sushi swap and so like to that and then, and then we're gonna have two six billion dollar networks out out in in the open, and then all of a sudden, like investors are gonna be frothing at the lips. And this is what Vancer said: is like spinning up a layer two is easy, and so we have to look towards what is the easiest way to produce the highest market cap. And the answer has always been is, is yeah in the fastest amount of time it's always going to be layer twos because like you can just fork optimism yeah uh, it's open source and you don't have to worry about security oh, or, I can't or wait fees. for the uh, algo stable coin layer two that's about to spin <laughs> <laughs> circa 2024 all right oh my god the but rebasing at layer you, two any, any, honestly any, the thing like it's rational to invest in that because it pulls all the memes from the last like two years and Look, puts man, it into one layer two any anytime when kyle samani starts talking about the alternative layer to you that he's about to invest in i don't even care i'm going all in on that because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's yeah you yeah know. it's worked all the other times let's take let's take Except the pump EOS. power of the alt layer ones uh and then the, the community <laughs> alignment with the ethereum community and put it into the layer twos it's and all just, of a sudden oh my god it's so exhausting david but anyway uh what is cool is i do feel like over time the market is figuring this stuff out, right? right? Markets are incredibly dumb in the short run, even the, like the multi-year time horizon. But when you start right. and get into like five years, 10 years, the markets start to look a lot smarter. So the big mm-hmm. question is, which of these alternative layer ones are going to actually survive and which of the L2s are going to pull ahead? And I thought uh, Vance gave a, like, I'm glad we went through those one by one. That was really right. cool. And I, I, I pretty much agree with uh, what he was saying, like Solana will still be here. It's not going down. Uh, I, I, it's going down in price, but it's <laughs> so, not going to die. It's also going down on... That's literally it's going actually down. literally going down. Solana's going down. <laughs> but it, it will not stay down, is what, what right. I mean. I think it will yeah, come back. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Um, Avalanche will come back. I do think I'm interested in this whole subnet debate, by the way, of like subnet versus yeah. layer twos. I just want to understand yeah. that a bit more fully um i think i think you're in that telegram group anyways i haven't been paying attention to it and then uh and then binance of course is not going anywhere um but right. like can there be another alternative layer one that is yeah. now born or is this the generation that we're, we're we're stuck with forever i guess cosmos still might have something up its sleeve um yeah. but like it just feels like how can there's a window of an opportunity we didn't even talk about polka dot by the way 
You know, we're having Gavin oh, Wood on the yeah, podcast. I, I forgot about Polkadot. Yeah. yeah That's we are. the problem. Mm. We forgot about Polkadot, right? But there's just this window of opportunity to launch a layer two. And you wonder if this is the last cycle people will be able to actually do that. You mean, you mean an alt layer one? Excuse me. Uh, an yeah. alt layer one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, we've, and then I'm reminded of FTX, right? Where like everyone thought like the centralized exchange landscape was completely yes. saturated. And then FTX right. just like proved that absolutely wrong. Yep, and so like totally. if I was Van Spencer, I think the answer would be like, well, it depends on the team. Can, can, are, are they hard workers? Are they here for the long term? Because uh, like if you have the right team, you can probably beat out any sort of like, well, it doesn't map onto my fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, there could probably be another alt layer one that succeeds based off like it just has to have probably a wide enough time from like this alt layer one scar that's forming um but yeah yeah, it could be the again everything could be a contrarian bet like you could you can buy nfts that are newer and better and more unique than the old nfts you can buy into the newer shinier alt layer one you can buy into the the cooler game uh there's so much surface area for contrarian bets right now just because that's what a bear market is especially like, like at a certain price anything's worth right. it right like at right. a certain price right. um i buy soul tokens at a certain price right. at a certain price the argument is always that the, like the, the like the price exceeded the uh the actual um value of the mm-hmm. thing at the point in time but um right. i mean who knows how far it'll go down um mm-hmm. let's talk about DeFi then uh he was making the case for blue chips i heard right. or i thought i yes. heard which yes. was interesting uh mm-hmm. what do you think about this yeah, it, I think it, the thesis is generally there are tokens out there that are representative of things that we can have high assurances are going to be long-term winners. I think Ave falls into this camp. Um, I think he, he illustrated that Maker perhaps also falls into this camp. That these things are just going to work. Uh, and right now, like even though they have their troubles, Maker has their their negative cash flow troubles. Um, they have teams that have proven to not disappear. Uh, and, they're going to survive uh, this bear. They're, gonna, they're just going to figure it out, right? Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. Like, can you really dislodge die out of this ecosystem right now? Like, uh, I mean, in hindsight, it wasn't really fair competition because it was so fragile to begin with. But like, Terra tried to dislodge die, and then uh, like one month later, it implodes. Like, die is such a strong incumbent uh, that like you know, maybe maybe Frax is a great is a great alternative to die, but like, can it really completely de- dethrone die? Like. TBD. It's hard. Really at think least so. it's very hard to build another uh, fully collateralized stablecoin like Dai. That yes. certainly is true. How do you unseat Dai right. in that capacity? Right. right. And so, like in the same way that like people were just buying Ether in the bear market over and over and over again, like there's definitely room to buy some of these like DeFi tokens that you just know are going to exist. Like Aave's going to exist. Like I will say, like with a seventy percent chance, Aave's going to exist in five years. Well this right? is why I think the I think he was making the case for like, let's assume these blue chips have sort of their current markets locked down, right? So I wouldn't go as far as to say die and maker have stable coins locked down. I don't I don't think that's the case. But I might make the case that they have a fully collateralized with off-chain right. asset uh, use yes. case, like lockdown, like they are going to be the category winner, right? It's difficult to bet against that. Um, but what that implies is there's going to be some upside opportunity in DeFi blue chips and all the established categories, like lending and borrowing is going to be Aave, it's going to be Compound, that's locked down. And then there's going to be a whole nother a category of opportunity in these vertical primitives for new primitives right like new kind of unlocks things that haven't been dominated by a blue chip right so Mm -hmm. that might be like we were talking about earlier in the week uh interest rate swaps 
who's gonna own that market right hmm, that's interesting mm-hmm. somebody. somebody somebody uh derivatives is still very much maturing right it's like all of these new synthetic plays and so i think there's going to be new primitive new category winners that just get underpriced but what's interesting is uh vance bedit said it you're betting on the team you're very much betting on the kind of the management team right. in, in these mm-hmm. in these cases which is different than what he said the, the horizontal uh p- part of the world which is like staking mev that's more of like it's definitely you're betting on the team but you, it's also a leverage play on eth right so how do you how do you not, get more ex- not every token though right only some some categories of tokens not, i'm sure every like some categories of token but he was making the case where like rocket pool and lido yeah right mm-hmm. and some like some sort of mev value accrual sorts of things like imagine right. if flashbots had a token or something like this these are mm-hmm. all leveraged plays on block space. So they're sort of right. leveraged plays on ETH. So it's right. always like, you know, that's an interesting category because, you know, obviously we're super bullish ETH. How do you get even more bullish on ETH? Well, maybe there's some some leveraged plays here in mm-hmm. this horizontal category with staking and, and MEV. Uh, that was an interesting model for me that he, you know, unlocked in that episode. Right, because you can take incoming, if you're bullish on ETH and you want more ETH, uh, there's an incoming amount of ETH in the form of transaction fees plus MEV. And then, so like that's an amount of ETH that's incoming to these staking as a service networks. Yep. And then you, the inflows, flow. the cash flows coming into these staking as a service networks need to be uh, divided by the market cap of these tokens. And like yes. right now, Lido and Rocket Pool have a relatively low market cap in comparison to the Ethereum market cap. And so like if you want exposure to ETH, but like you want more upside than just like buying straight up ETH. There, the argument is that the cash flows going into these DAOs is going to be a, a, as a ratio of the actual market cap of the token is in your favor if that market cap is low enough. Yeah, uh, exactly. and I think Vance's argument is that the market caps are definitely low enough. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it. Um, so I mm-hmm. think that's that's kind of cool. I mean, that was really the the main alpha I got from the the DeFi section though. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you think about some of the lessons learned? Um, you know, he talked about, uh, peak to trough. I, I really like that, that mental model. So I guess that would mean is like, let's say, let's say, say ETH drops in, in your scenario, it's still, uh, quadruple digits, but it's still like, you know, 11, 1100 ETH or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what you and that that turns out to be the low of the 2022 market mm-hmm. right it's really about well what was the trough of the last market well, it was 80 so you're mm-hmm. up 10x from the trough of 11x from the uh, more from the the trough to trough of the last and that's really how you should be measuring it the, the, right. the problem people seem to have is they mentally they're like oh i saw at one point in time eth was like 4400 right. i'm like right. look at how much i've lost it's right. gone down, you know, right. to the thousand range, and like they suffer that as a uh, actual pain. Right. Like psychologists will tell you, like y- y- you have more pain on the downside than you have um, positive euphoria on the upside. Euphoria right. on the on the upside, and so they'll feel like it's a loss. But you actually haven't lost because if you're measuring right. it trough to trough, look, you're still up ten x, eleven x. Now some people will be like, but. But David and Ryan, I didn't buy at 80. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I bought some. Well, yeah, like maybe you didn't buy at 80, but like did anyone sell at 4,800? Because I didn't. There you <laughs> so, go. Like, and like the, the trough. And, and what was the trough of the last time. one? What was right. the trough of like 2016, 2017? 
right? right. So well, like, techni- technically, Ether didn't have a trough then. It's been up only since it since uh, it got issued. Oh no, man, I'm I'm old enough to remember. I remember like uh, Ethereum Classic when we hit. Oh yeah, I was there for that. We hit like twenty like twenty twenty two twenty four dollars something like this, and then right. uh, the Dow hack, we and then we went six. down to seven six or right. seven, right? Uh-huh. And so another another trough in eighty, and then you know. Anyways, the, the the reason why troughs are better to measure than than peaks, right, is because like troughs last for years, and peaks last for like out, days, hours, maybe days. Yeah, peak right? seconds. And so like, days. yeah, exactly. So like, don't like counting it at the peak is like you're imagining this life. Like, oh, if this life that I had, if I had just sold at the very top, <laughs> like let me go measure my net worth because that's what it could have been. Like, yeah, sure, could it could have been that, but like no one sells the top. <laughs> Uh, and so, like, it's actually much more, there's much more foundation in, in measuring against the troughs, right? Because the troughs are, like, the absolute worst, right? And so, if you measure your net worth at, at the trough, it's like, this is literally the worst it could ever get. Like, it, this is the worst. Yeah. And so, like, this is the worst my financial state is, and it's literally up only from here. I'm going to parse what he said. So, you know how I kind of tend to think that it's very possible we get into triple digits, and you're like, nah, mm-hmm. we're not going to, we're not mm-hmm. going to get there. I feel like um, Vance, Vance's take was somewhat in the middle. He was probably mm-hmm. in between you and I, where it seemed to be he thinks that we will briefly drop into triple digits, but it will not be sustained. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the puking thing. He says, like, the All markets, right. the markets right. like to puke. Everyone's expecting a puke. And so he also expects a puke because, like, that's right. kind of consensus. The market will actually expect that and will not turn around until then. But he doesn't expect a two year, you know, three year bear market. He thinks that will rebound right. far quicker than we did last time. It's kind of a, I guess, a moderate position in between, you know, yours and mine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not to say that, like, I think the, the lows are already set, although, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I think. You don't it, not it's think just that, that. You think it's possible I don't not that think the lows that, are already set. Yeah, 1700. But also at the same time, like, kind of, kind of a perma bowl. I'm not, definitely not one to be, like, uh, calling charts. And uh, the only thing I'm, I'm definitely cognizant of is everyone thinks we're going to puke. Like, well, everyone. And so Vance is like, yeah, everyone thinks we're going to puke, so we probably will. But, like, I thought they're supposed to do the opposite, where if everyone <laughs> thinks that, then, sometimes. like, it's not going to happen. Well, it sometimes happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, right. what, what, what was really interesting in an episode like that is not once did we talk about macro, right? I mean, he mentioned briefly interest rates going up, and he said they've, they've gone up a lot. What's interesting to me is, like, they actually haven't gone up a lot. You know, right. as, well, re- the, uh, as a relationship to itself, it has. Yes, but like, but but absolute terms. In no, absolute terms, they haven't gone up a lot, and that is really the bear case right now. And the reason why the consensus is things are going to puke is because people think macro is going to get a lot worse. Not that crypto mm-hmm. isn't in bad shape necessarily, but that macro is going to get a lot worse first. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that Lance really. We have macro episodes. Vance, it's Vance, it's Vance. God Spencer. damn! If have I been seeing Lance the whole time? That's well, in my no. brain. Uh, only it's, the second. No, the second time it okay, is. Vance Spencer. Um, Vance is like we have entire episodes dedicated to macro. We're trying to divine that. Mm. We're trying to figure that out. But like, you could there's a world where you just ignore all of that noise, and you're like, mm. I don't know what's going to happen in a macro. But guess what? No one does. Nobody right. really knows. We have some long term. Right. Uh, projection of like fiat's going to, you know, decrease governments and you have too much, uh, too much debt. Um, 
those things, you have that mental model, but then just, just focus in on what you can control and what you actually know. And that's what, mm -hmm. uh, Vance very much does, right. Is he, he's mm -hmm. like, okay, that's noise. Let me focus on the best possible deals at the best valuations within these sectors I know are going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. I agree. You gotta go. You're doing a podcast go. with Vitalik. Have fun, Vitalik, man. Yeah. I'm gonna sit this one out. Uh, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, all right. I might be in the audience watching. Guys, uh, this has been the debrief with our episode with Vance with a V, Spencer. Take care. <laughs>